Did you hear something? No. Hmm. Did I? I don't know. time uh the reason why it took so long for me to get on mic is because i was typing out the episode title um and i feel like i should set up a code key on the keyboard for um the name Schwartzwelder, who is the simpsons writer who has written the most simpsons episodes and he wrote this one the one i'm going to talk about that is uh, episode 183, The Cartridge Family, um, which is also one of my favorite Simpsons episode titles. I love how often they go to the well of uh, 60s and 70s music-related names uh, for episode title puns. It happens very frequently. By the way, thank you to all of you who came to the Nighthawk on Monday, uh, some of whom I met, some of whom I did not meet. Um, I was really, really glad to see each and every one of you. I hope you had a good time. Um, it's funny, the ones that I, the, two of the three that I screened um, coincidentally dealt with guns um, because in separate vocations, Bart goes on a ride along with Eddie and Lou and he ends up holding a gun um, and then in the Springfield connection of course you know Marge is a police officer and she has to shoot at things and people and, and has and has a gun um, and also the character of Herman comes up because he's the criminal that Marge eventually busts and I've heard it said among you know Simpsons aficionados that Herman has been not phased out, but you see him less and less these days uh, because he's like an American type that the makers of The Simpsons would rather not glorify at this bleak time in history for gun violence. Um, you know, he's, he's the weird loner who is into antique things including guns uh anyway on to this episode the one that i'm supposed to be discussing now homer uh after a soccer riot one of springfield's many riots tears springfield apart somewhat buys a gun to protect the family um <laughs> after his uh Rube Goldberg booby trap is foiled when somebody pokes their hand through the mail slot and steals the goldfish. And that is a very funny Homer expression when he's saying, watch the fish, Marge. 
yes. And when he goes to the store to buy it, you know, I, I remembered it as he bought it from Herman's weird uh, old-timey antique store with taxidermy stuff. But no, he buys it from licensed gun dealer. Um, and I can't believe I forgot this. The name of the gun shop, Blood Bath and Beyond, is one of the all-time great Simpsons signs. Uh, and the gun seller is another one of those guys with the wise guy voice. Hey, Pally! You know, that voice is used very frequently um, by Hank Azaria. So yeah, he goes there and it's there's a Confederate flag visible for like a really long time when he's talking to the guy, uh, which I find interesting. And um, I wonder how that is being treated at this point in this political climate, you know, whether they show that episode anymore or not. I certainly haven't seen it on FXX lately. It ends up being a very cool episode, sort of um, dramatic and human in the King of the Hill vein, I would say. It is a real-life issue that affects people, and there's there's a big, stressful, uh, and worrisome onus that happens, uh, you know, and friction between Marge and Homer because she does not want the gun in the house, and Homer just adores the gun because you know he gets to have a gun. Imagine. Somebody like Homer with a gun. Of course he wants that kind of power. Like God would feel when he's holding a gun. Um, but quickly Marge turns her back on him um, because she doesn't trust him with the gun in the house. And uh, the Springfield chapter of the NRA also turns their backs on him because of the reckless way he's using his gun to turn off the lights in the house and turn on the TV and open his beer and stuff like that. Um, and so in a dramatic conclusion, he goes to the motel where Marge and the kids are holed up and pleads her forgiveness and gets her back. Uh, but not before he and the NRA people foil a robbery of the hotel clerk by Snake. Who else? And uh, yeah, it is a very sophisticated treatment of this issue, I would say. Um, you know, insofar as the Simpsons is ever sophisticated because at the very very end you know really the last moment that we see Marge picks up the gun after Homer has renounced it and seen by none of the rest of the family she realizes that she kind of likes it because she, she sees the reflection of herself in the garbage can lid uh, holding the gun and she's like, you know, striking a Charlie's Angels pose. She puts it in her purse and she walks out into the sunrise like a boss. Um, 
so yeah, it's I I really like the way that is done. By Big Papa Schwarzwalder, you would assume, although of course they're all room written to a certain extent, but people say that Schwarzwalder turns in pretty complete scripts. And even, you know, within this very grim subject matter, I think Schwarzwelder is kind of the perfect person to do this. There are some really laugh-aloud funny moments. Um, Homer, when he's waiting the five days before he can get his gun, you know, he sees, like, ducks and bunnies and Patty and Selma and Flanders, like, all one by one go by. Uh, looking like targets, and he's so frustrated. Um, there is <laughs> the great moment where he first brings the gun home, and he says, close your eyes, Marge, I have a surprise for you. And when she opens her eyes, he's shooting the gun right at her. He, she's just like staring down the barrel of it. Wow, very funny. Um, Homer and Bart using all of the dinner plates <laughs> as targets. Uh, and then, <laughs> oh yeah, first when Homer approaches the dinner plate that he missed and shoots it uh, on the ground, you see the perspective shot from the perspective of the plate, and he says, see you in hell. <laughs> Amazing. And then it cuts to everybody eating spaghetti for dinner out of things like muffin tins and pint glasses because there's no more dinner plates. <sighs> I love it. Um, and I th the thing that makes me laugh the most, and that says a lot about the my status uh, as a terrible person, is um, Bart setting up Millhouse with the apple in his mouth. They find the gun when they're playing. Luckily, Marge intercepts them before they can actually fire it. Um, But right after it's found, you see Bart, like, taking aim at Milhouse's face, and he has an apple in his mouth. <laughs> and, and that's the game that they're about to play. And Milhouse is, like, so psyched that this is going to happen. Well, yes. Uh, and Oh, yeah, and there's another, like, cute little throwaway Milhouse moment after um, Marge freaks out and, you know, in fear and complete, you know, fear and anger of Homer takes all the kids and leaves. Homer is sort of, you know, crestfallen and left alone, and he goes to Millhouse. So, do you know how to cook dinner? And Millhouse goes, Do I? <laughs> Just that one little half second where he quickly gets to his hands and knees and takes the pots and pans out of the bottom of the cabinet. Great job. Uh, yeah, there's like a couple of funny moments at the NRA meeting before they kick Homer out of his own house. Um, it's Lenny or Carl. I think it's Lenny who had has turned oh no it's Mo, I believe it's one of those guys 
who's turned a regular shotgun into five guns. And you just see, like, you know, just a jerry-rigged thing with wires all over it. Mo bringing the irregular Oreos. All right. Well, I don't know. That's enough of that. It was a very, very good episode in season nine. Um, I guess I'm in a little streak of talking about controversial episodes that happened uh, right around that time, 1998 or so. In any case, this has been Simpsons Time. Thank you for listening. <laughs>know the waiting is the hardest part and the waiting is over because it is now time for the second and final part of my interview with Tom Sharpling which starts right now favorite Simpsons character I should ask um my favorite character it's hard to say because there's ones it's like I mean Homer is like the ultimate comedy creation for anybody who likes comedy or has written comedy or anything like to have a character that wide open yeah to be a a vessel for any concept is the the greatest thing that has it's it's he's like the single greatest comedy creation is a guy that can do anything yes. you want him to do right, right, and be right. dumb in every possible way you need him to be dumb so that but i just always like um superintendent chalmers is always good funny because he's just He's such a limited character. And the first time I heard that that was Skinner's boss's name was just Chalmers. Was like, It's like that perfect <laughs> non-name that right. like it sounds so universal. But then you're just like, do you know anybody named Chalmers? And you're just like, I don't. I've never heard that name before. But it sounds so generic. And they they pick the perfect name with that, and it's funny to just have a character with that name pop in and out of that world. Yeah, I that think. was a real triumph. Yeah, I agree. I love Chalmers too, and uh, uh, I can't identify my favorite. But if I were ever to be involved with the show, I would want Dolph to have a little bit more okay. to do. Dolph is somebody that I think might be underused. There's eight million characters. <laughs> Somebody's going to have to be underused. But Dolph has been around for so long. And Jimbo has like all his stories and 
Kearney has all his stories. They get yes, they they they're <laughs> racking up the 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 their narratives are run very deep now. Those worlds. Do you find that with the show, like, like I've I would always I would check in and out with it over the years of Me the show. Too. Yep. But then it was like like there are stretches where it, I feel like people get so. They're just like, oh, who even knows what that is anymore? It's like, I think it's funny uh, now. I think it's been funny for a while. Like, I think there was like a period where it was like, okay, maybe the show's less exciting for me uh-huh. or whatever. But I, I, I always, I felt like they, that there's good people who kind of, it's got really good jokes Yep. Now that I a lot of those jokes I would put against any version of The Simpsons, but I just think it's that people if the show's been on for so long they're just reflexively judgy with it. It's like if you watch there's certain episodes like the one with um there's one called Steal This Episode where Homer starts just downloading movies like pirating movies and projecting yes, them in his backyard. Yeah. And like open, like he's just like he's pirating like like first run movies. I thought that episode was as great as any episode I've ever seen of the show, and was just as fun. The stuff they were making fun of was just perfect, and yeah. it's just so. I, I think there's so many great episodes, and it, I think um, even in the so-called bad seasons you know mm-hmm. sort of little bit after season 10 when most agree that the classic era ended um it's at worst they're uneven for me i mean i'm speaking as a giant fan so maybe uh my opinion should be <laughs> discounted somewhat uh-huh. but i i think that um even in those seasons there are several very very good episodes in each one um and and as you're saying like in the past like between five and ten years the show has been as good as ever i think so i think i mean it looks different it is different Uh, you know the character of springfield is different necessarily Mm -hmm. uh going back to a little bit what we were talking about um but yeah it's it's (laughs) the greatest yeah and then they had like King Toot was actually on one, right, and it was right. Will Forte did the voice. So yeah, I think they. It seems like they have fun with the idea that the, that people know the show so inside and out. It seems like they can have fun with it in a different way now. Mm-hmm. Just the the fact that everybody knows the world that the sh- that the show exists within. That there's ways to embrace that rather than be like. We're boxed in by that. Right. It's like, yeah. They do still take a lot of risks. And yeah, it's it couldn't be better to me, to me. And I, if you had talked to me about, uh, you know, do you want The Simpsons to end anytime soon? Like even when I started doing this podcast, like two and a half years ago, I would have said definitely it's time for it to end. And now mm-hmm. I don't feel that way anymore. Like I just think that there's still so much to like about it, and the fact that it keeps on regenerating and regenerating, become becoming slightly different than it was before, is really yeah awesome. I I give them so much credit. That's the hardest thing to do is to keep something kind of active and and fresh when you've got such a body of work behind you with it, and yeah. the, that legacy hangs over you. And there's always going to be people who who just don't watch 
anymore, but will just tell you that it's not good anymore. Because they're, they're holding it up to something that doesn't exist anymore. It's, yeah. They're used to it still being 1993. And I, you couldn't make a show like that anymore. But they're also being very selective about what every episode of the show was even then. Yeah. It's like not every episode was perfect then either. But That's you true. But you can put together your case for like oh this episode and that like but you're you're cherry picking yes. them and that's not that's a, it's very easy to build the case that it was perfect then if you just are cherry picking because you could do the same thing now with episodes over the last five years and cherry pick and say well this is why this is great now when you do hundreds of a thing it's not every one of them is going to be perfect yeah yeah but also we fans love to do that shit you know mm-hmm. uh nitpicking and you know going through each episode with a fine tooth comb and being like eh, i didn't yeah. like this part and that part you know that's part of the joy of liking simpsons yeah you know? because you're 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 into it yes. you're allowed to do that yes but you're not just dismissing it out of hand my um you can quote me on this. I like to say always that nobody hates The Simpsons as much as people who love The Simpsons. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. That's, <laughs> they, like, that's like... They get so passionately angry about things on yeah. it. Yeah. And it's like the same thing if you were a fan of like like, uh, like the the Knicks or something. Or just yes, like you right. hate, like, I hate them. How could they and do that this like, time? Yeah, yeah it's that... like I hate them because I care about them. Yeah. That's all that is. Yep. And so it's it's everybody. It's funny how everybody finds their version of that, where it's just like I hate sports. And it's like, well, you have everybody's got their own sport yes. in a way, like yes. one way or another. You get you get some version of a thing that is the, your the thing you root for, and, and you know is, too yeah, well. This is definitely ours, mine. I shouldn't say yes. mine and yours is mine. Yes. Um, the last thing I want to ask you, because this is something that's really dear to me, I think that uh, there are two halves of The Simpsons, the show itself and then the fandom. And I think the fandom has really evolved very rapidly over the past little while. Like I, I identify um, the first time they showed every Simpsons ever on mm-hmm. FXX, that marathon, and then they created Simpsons World. Like, I I identify that with, you know, the beginning of that giant explosion of Simpsons shitposting and Mm -hmm. um, endless podcasts like this one, you know, of people just (laughs) talking and obsessing. And um, Uh I don't know. What are your thoughts? What's a shitpost? I mean, I know what they are on Reddit. Like, like what's a Simpsons shitpost? It is, okay, an example is... uh, the famous still of Kirk Van Houten in front of his racing car bed, you know, like okay. showing it off. Sure. Uh, uh, Skinner's face superimposed on that, and the bed is full of hamburgers. Okay. And the caption is, I sleep in a bed of steamed hams, do you? Mm-hmm. And it's like his face from that steamed hams vignette in okay. 22 short films. Uh-huh. Uh, there are endless ones like this. Okay. Um, and there's a Facebook group called Simpsons Ship Posting that has millions of members. Okay. Um, and yeah, I mean, for a lot of people, that's what The Simpsons is at mm-hmm. this point. Um, people of all ages, but I would say mostly younger. 
um, and people get tattoos, you know, of those memes and of, of stills <laughs> that they really like that become mm-hmm. memes. And um, it is really exciting to me mm-hmm. and also a little scary. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as somebody who's an insider, a little bit of an insider, would you know, have any opinions about that? I mean, maybe you don't even know about it. Like, I don't I don't know so much about that part of it. I do I, for me personally, when the every Simpsons episode, when the every episode ever, like I just watched that, I just like I left didn't it sleep. on. Yeah, me too. And I just kept watching episodes, and I think it reframed the whole show for a lot of people. Yes, and it made people realize it's like, yeah, this thing is is more important than and more now than you might be giving it credit for. Like, don't just think of it as something, for some people, they would think of it as a thing that happened already, but it's a thing that's still happening. Yes. It did happen, but it didn't stop happening either. Right. And I think it helped people, or some people, at least realize it's like, oh, it's it's just an, it's an ongoing thing, <laughs> and it there's still, there's good stuff now on it, too, and I wasn't giving it a, a chance, and... I, I think it helped with that a lot. Yeah, and absolutely. It made makes people just respect the the sheer magnitude of what this thing is because there's never been any TV show like that in terms of that run and that kind of cultural significance with that kind of run hand in hand. Like shows that run like anything that's like hot in terms of like edgy or or anything that's contemporary it's like those things usually are not the ones that stick around forever also this is one of the only shows that has is like kind of goes toward things and also is an institution that's right i guess i mean i guess saturday night live is a version of that too where they can but that's that this that just regenerates depending on who's on the cast this is the same the same scenario yeah the same town the same characters everyone's the same age all the time yeah so there really is no comparable thing to that it's the more i think about it the more it blows my mind and that's why i have to keep doing this podcast just to try to make sense of it but it's Mm -hmm. really you know it's been a joy to to try (laughs) to make sense of it um and yeah, and it's been a joy to have you. Oh, well, it's been a joy to be here and to have been had. <laughs> thank you so, so much for, oh, for stopping by. Oh, thank you. This is my pleasure. Um, I know that you have your own show to prepare for right now. Yes. Um, so the, the quality of this show of now, of your podcast, will be directly influenced. <laughs> commensurate <laughs> with the quality of my show. The longer this goes... The worse my show will be tonight. No, that's not true. Oh, well, thank you so much. Um, and I will let you go. And it did happen. I did let him go eventually. Thank you so much to Tom Sharpling for taking the time to come to the studio and talk about Simpsons with me. It was so much fun. And I hope that this episode of Through the Debigulator has been extremely fun for you 
cherished listener. I will be back next week with much more of the same. It's not going to be exactly the same, but it will be very similar. And uh, a lot of what you have come to expect. You can always listen to Nazario Scenario, which is a show where I play mostly music, but I also talk about The Simpsons toward the end, and it is three hours long. The archives for that are at wfmu.org slash playlists slash an. Talk to you later. Bye.